We're going to carry on with our series. We're looking at the one and others, these um, these set of instructions to the church that we find in the New Testament. And uh, this morning we're going to look at two, but they're very much overlapping. Um, looking at do not grumble and do not slander. So we're going to be in James, two places in James, James 4 and James 5. Um, so I'm going to read those to you now. This is James 4, starting at verse 11. It says this, brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or a sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but you're sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who's able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? And then in the very next chapter, James comes back at it again. James 5 and verse 9 says this, do not grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. So once again, like most of these one another's, seemingly really simple instruction. Do not slander. Do not grumble. And at one level, it's just that. Just don't. You know, and there is a, there is a point with all of these guys where we need to, um, we actually need to make a choice um, and just decide to do the things that God's calling us to do and to not do the things he's saying that we're not to do. On one level, it is a pretty simple choice. And that, you know, it's no good for us to, like James says, we can't just be hearers of the word. We need to be doers. We need to hear and do. So on one level, that could be the end of this talk. Don't grumble, don't slander. But we are going to look a little bit closer than that. Um, because I think, honestly, I wonder whether these, these instructions to not slander, to not grumble, I wonder if these are some of the ones we're worst at keeping. Um, so let's look at what they are. To, they're slightly different, a lot of overlap. To slander essentially means to speak against, to make a false charge or misrepresentation um, that is damaging to someone's reputation. So the, the inference is that it's actually, not only is it negative, but it's not accurate. It's false in some way. And you're speaking in a way to kind of, to damage their reputation in front of others. Grumbling is not necessarily external and it's not necessarily false. You might have an entirely accurate um assumption of what happened, a representation of what went on, but your grumbling is it's that repeating it. Um, and it's, it's like rehearsing a complaint. I'm offended or I'm irritated by something you've done. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that. I might grumble about that internally and I, or I might gripe about it with you. But and it, the really interesting thing, I think in the, it's certainly in these passages where James talks about this is he very firmly brings these things back together in the context of judging, which we looked at that a few weeks ago, not judging. And there's clearly a whole load of overlap. Um, so he says in that first passage, anyone um, who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them. So he puts those two things firmly back together again. And in the second one, he says, listen, if you are grumbling against your brothers and sisters, you'll be judged. So there's definitely an overlap here. And I think this is the thing, when we are, when we are grumbling and speaking against one another, um, actually it keeps us firmly locked in that cycle of I'm offended, I've not forgiven you, I've judged you, and, I, and I'm going to rehearse that, and I'm going to repeat that, and I'm going to invent that with you, and hopefully you can reaffirm that and validate my opinion, and we just round and round and round we go. So it's, it's absolutely all in this cycle, which is why these things that we've looked at together, you know, we have to forgive, we have to confess our sins, we cannot be judging, we cannot be grumbling. They are all part of the same picture, um, according to the New Testament writers. Because that's the cycle, right? If I've made a judgment of you, I've had a negative interaction with you maybe, and I've made a judgment, which remember is a value statement, it's a value statement um, about who, how I see you. And it boxes you in. It says you are this, that, and the other, and you're never this, that, and the other, right? If I've made a judgment against you, when I grumble, when I slander, actually it reinforces that. It like 
it firms up that judgment. It validates that as my opinion of you. But equally, you know, I might not have made a judgment of you yet. I might have just had a negative experience with you right now. But listen, grumbling about it or slandering you and talking about it to other people is a surefire way to start that slippery slope down into making a judgment. And then we're all stuck in that cycle again. And that's what's going on. When we grumble, when we complain, we are rehearsing our offense. We're rehearsing this complaint and our opinion. It's not really, our motivation, it's not about finding a solution. It's not about finding reconciliation and, and resolving things. Honestly, it's about venting, right? It, it's not about us being better in terms of the relational community aspect. It's actually about me feeling better, right? It's like, I need to feel better about myself by making you look worse. And that's really what's going on. So the Bible actually says a lot. And if you look through the Bible, it talks a lot about grumbling and complaining. There's loads of fascinating stuff in the Old Testament looking at the, the Israelites coming out of Egypt and how so much of their wandering around the desert for 40 years was because they just get getting tripping up with grumbling and complaining. They were forgetting what God had done, forgetting where he'd brought them from, forgetting what they'd promised. He promised them in the future and just complaining about the present. And it, it absolutely got them stuck. So there's loads in the Bible about the general principle of not complaining. In fact, in Philippians 2, um, which we come back to a lot, where it talks about, you know, Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, right? We love that bit. If it's God who works in, in order that we work out, right? The very next verse says, do everything without grumbling and complaining, and then he goes to say, you know, in this way that you shine like stars in a crooked generation. One of the ways that we have to work out our salvation, one of the ways that we can shine and be different is that we do everything. That is quite an all-encompassing <laughs> instruction. Do everything without grumbling, without complaining, right? But these two verses in James are, are very specific. There's a bit more of a sharp focus to them. So there's a general biblical principle that actually as God's kids, we're not supposed to be people who grumble and complain all the time. But this is very specifically about grumbling against a brother or sister, slandering against. So it's, this is very interpersonal and within the context of community, right? It's not just grumbling about the weather or the prime minister or the football scores. It's like very much I'm grumbling and speaking against you. Um, the reason why you know, these early church leaders, the New Testament writers, go after all these things so consistently in all of the letters, you know, in all of these things, you know, we have to forgive, we cannot judge, we've got to bear with one another, we've got to love one another, and love covers a multitude of sins. We have to honor one another, serve one another, live in peace with one another. All of these instructions, the reason they go, they really do bang on about them, um, is because unity within the body of Christ, within the community of believers is so vital. Um, it's, and not just for health, not just that it is good for you and I, although it categorically is that we live in a, in a community context that is safe and there's unity, but actually it's about purpose as well. Now, John 13, it's the beginning of um, the long, long few chapters where at Jesus at the Last Supper is kind of it's his last conversation with his disciples um, before the crucifixion. And one really famous bit, we know it so well, is Jesus says, you know, the world is going to know that you're my disciples because, because of the way that you love one another, right? So there is, a, there is a missional imperative on how we love one another. And if we are unforgiving, if we are judging, if we are grumbling against one another, if we are slandering one another, that entirely undermines that missional imperative that people look in and look at how we treat one another and that makes them realize we're followers of Jesus. 
So it really, really matters. Um, it damages our external witness when we're grumbling and complaining and slandering. Uh, but it absolutely, listen, it absolutely hurts our internal community well. It, it totally fractures relationships and because it's in complete opposition of what we're called to do. So Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5 um, you know, charges to say, encourage one another, build one another up. Like that, that's the goal. That's what we should be doing. And listen, it doesn't take like a genius to realize, you know, the encouraging and building each other up, grumbling and slandering does the exact opposite thing. It tears down and it squashes and it crushes. It's like those two things, encourage and build one another up, slandering, grumbling are in complete opposition to one another. And again, it comes back to this choice. It's like, actually, well, which one am I going to choose? Like, which kingdom am I going to live in? Which spirit are gonna, am I going to act according to? Am I going to encourage and build you up? Or am I going to tear you down by grumbling and sniping and slandering? It's a choice, right? Because when we grumble, when we, when we speak against um, each other in the context of community, whether that is you know, inside my own head, whether that's to, oh, just one trusted person, or whether that's venting further than that, it doesn't matter. When we're speaking against in that way, grumbling, slandering, it brings shame and condemnation. It doesn't bring any encouragement to anyone. Um, it damages reputations. That's the whole point with slander, is that actually it damages your reputation. It doesn't create honor, which is what we're called to do. It absolutely causes divisions and factions and, and creates sides because we've got this narrative of these are the villains and I'm the victim and who's the hero. And like, it just, it's, it's horrible. And again, it's one of the things that New Testament writers go after, like factions and divisions and splits within you. It's not good enough. And grumbling and, and complaining and slandering absolutely causes those things rather than there being unity and strength and everyone being built up together in love, which is the goal. It's really, really destructive for us in the body of Christ if we're not going to take a, a really serious, long, hard look at ourselves and, and really make a commitment to not be those who grumble and slander and speak against one another, not speaking against our brothers and sisters. It really matters for us individually and it really matters for us corporately. So what's the alternative, right? It, again, one level, we just need to stop it. Um, but look, you know, we talk a lot as a church family um, about owning our humanity. And you know what? We are all people in process. We are all on this journey of sanctification where we're being changed from glory to glory, that we're being transformed into the likeness of Jesus, this journey of maturity. Who are we becoming? Like we ask ourselves that all the time, right? And, in, and part of that is owning the fact that I'm not there yet and neither are you. Like we're, there's there's frailty, there's flaws, there's limitations in my humanity and yours. And so living in relationship with other peoples means we're going to bump up against that sometimes. Like sometimes I am going to bump up into the, you know, the, the flaws and the frailties in your humanity and I'm going to be maybe irritated or hurt or offended. Or What do I do with that? Okay, Because that is going to happen. No one is saying that that stuff doesn't happen. The question is, what do I do with it when those happens? How do I process it? Knowing, okay, so just grumbling about it and slandering people and speaking negatively against people, that's not the way to do it. But what is? Like, how do we process it? Um, I would say three really quick things, three things that need to be in our kit bag that need to be our non-negotiables um, when we kind of bump up into one another. We need to um, be really serious about forgiveness, about repentance, and about having the right conversations. So forgiveness, listen, we looked at that a couple of weeks ago in detail, actually this biblical call to forgive one another. We need to be serious about keeping really short accounts with one another. We have to get better at forgiving in the moment. And listen, recognizing some of the stuff when I bump up, bump up against you, it's not necessarily that you've done anything wickedly simple or wrong. 
you're just different. Sometimes it's not right or wrong, it's preference. Well, I wouldn't do it that way. Well, you did do it that way, right? Sometimes it's clumsy language. It's not always willful intent that kind of hurts and offends me. Sometimes it, we've got to get really good at just saying, do you know what? I forgive you and let that go. We don't need a huge process of ministry and meditation. We just need to say, I forgive you and we let it go, right? The quicker we deal with offense and slights, wherever they come from, the less likely it is that it's going to build up um, into the situation where we're grumbling and complaining and then we're in unforgiveness and judgment and we're back in that cycle again. So keeping really short accounts um, and, and just forgiving people quickly um, is really important and really powerful. And I think sometimes we can minimize the sig- you know, these biblical rhythms, these discipleship practices that are just normal, forgiveness, confession, repentance, they are so powerful, right? They're good for you and I. So that's the first thing is we have to get better at forgiving. Second thing is repentance, Right? If I am judging you, if I'm speaking against you, James is really clear. If you scrum, you know, do not grumble. If you speak against a brother or sister or judge them, you're, you're in sin. Like you're missing the mark. You're not where God needs to be, you to be. And, and so you know, this, this, the other thing to be really aware of is, listen, I need to do the work on me and you need to do the work on you. And, and this is where grumbling, complaining, slandering, I, like I am not focused on me, right? I, I'm not paying attention to... to to me at all. I am entirely you focused and your failing and your flaws and your preference and your way of doing things that I don't like and I don't agree with, right? It's, it's what Jesus talks about with the whole, listen, you know, planks and splinters. This is, you know, when we're grumbling, what we're doing is we are we're rehearsing and, and focusing in on and repeating our attention on, on the splinter. Um, and she's like, no, actually the focus is on, on me. I cannot... Like, I am responsible for me. I'm not responsible for you, and I can't change you. Like, I am only responsible before the Lord for me. So we've got to be really serious about, actually, do you know what? I need to own my stuff. It's, and again, in none of this am I saying, you know, we don't address stuff, and we don't have, you know, maybe sometimes robust conversations, and we don't challenge, and we don't say, hey, that, I, you know, I didn't appreciate when you did that. I'm not saying any of that. But, but and a really important part of the thread of us living healthy in this way is that we are committed to doing the work on ourselves, right? I need to do the work or let the Holy Spirit do the work in me rather than purely being focused on you. I'm grumbling and slandering is all you focused. So we need to pay attention to ourselves. Third thing is conversations, right? We need to have the right conversations with the right people at the right time and with the right motivation. That's a lot of rights, Okay. The conversation needs to be with the right person at the right time and with the right motivation. And clearly, grumbling and slandering is none of those things, right? There's a very, very clear biblical requirement for us in Matthew 18. I'm not going to look at it now, but have a, have a look. And you know, Jesus is abundantly clear. Actually, if, if, you know, if your brother offends you, if your brother is in sin, go to them and point that out. You go to them. You don't go to social media. You don't go inside your own head whining. You don't go to your friends and sit around having a coffee. With, like you don't go there. You go to them. So that's the first thing. The conversation has to be with the right person. Um, you go to them and you point it out. And so often we don't. Actually, so often we've no intention of going to the person we actually are upset with. You know, we'll go to anybody else to rehearse our complaint, but we're not willing to go to the person. And it's I can't, it's just flat out unbiblical. It's not the way God's people are supposed to do it. It's, it's not biblical. It's not productive because nothing changes and is resolved between you and I. And it's not fair because it doesn't in any way 
give you the opportunity to change and to say you're sorry and say, I would never have meant to do that, Sarah. Like, it's unfair on you as well as being flat out unbiblical. So we need to go to the right person, right? Go to them, not to everybody else. We need to go with the right motivation, which is actually, do you know what? I want to have some resolution with this. And if we're honest, often in these things, even sometimes in our, okay, I'm going to have the conversation with the right person. My motivation is more about I'm wanting to win rather than understand. I want to make my point rather than looking to make a connection with you. And I'm looking to be proved right rather than you and I being reconciled. You know, we looked at some of these things in the devotion and this last devotion we looked at in terms of, can we honestly say God is our vindication or really are we looking to vindicate ourselves? I'd encourage you, have a a look through that because it all ties in with this. Um, But our motivation needs to be right, okay? I'm looking to actually, to listen, to understand and find some reconciliation. I'm not looking to win and get one over you and just to prove that actually the things that I've been grumbling about, the slander I've been spreading with other people is just exactly right. Okay, so having the right motivation and in it, all of it, listen, can I encourage you? We need to be specific and we need to be kind. It's no good going and just actually just what I'm doing is I'm spewing judgment. You're just a this, that, and the other. You make me feel that without actually giving anything specific. Actually, what the conversation needs to be is, hey, when you said that, it made me feel this. When you behave in that way, it I find it really difficult. It makes me feel this. You've got to give something specific rather than just spewing your opinion or your judgment of somebody. Does that make sense? So be specific and be kind. Always, always be kind. People have walked a journey you don't necessarily know about. People may have faced things that week you have no clue about. And and again, I'm, I'm not saying those are justifications, but they are reasons why sometimes actually people's you know, flawed humanity is maybe more present. So let's be a people who are hugely kind in having those conversations. So those are the things, right? When we bump into one another, we don't grumble, we don't slander, we don't go to our friends to vent. We are, we're serious about forgiveness. And the quicker we are with forgiveness, the less likely we are to get into that cycle of judgment and, and grumbling and slandering. And then there's this huge disconnect and it needs this huge mediated conversation to fix it. Let's get really good at forgiving in the moment. Let's do the work on ourselves, which is I confess where I've missed it. I repent of my stuff and, and trust you into the hand, to God's hands that actually he's going to do the work in you and I do the work in me. And the third thing is the conversations, the right person at the right time with the right motivation. Finally, last thing I would say is this. Let's get really good at acting in the opposite spirit. So it's not just a question of don't do this, don't do that, don't do the other. It's actually what can I actively do that will really guard me from falling into grumbling and slandering? Um, And I think a really powerful one is being thankful, right? Philippians 2, when we looked at it, it said, do everything without grumbling, without complaining. A couple of chapters later, um, Paul says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So we do everything without complaining and in everything we give thanks. Being thankful is is massively powerful because actually it focuses us on the good, right? Whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is honorable, whatever is worthy of praise. Think on those things. Look for those things in the person that you're struggling with rather than being so focused in on the thing that you're, you're kind of is frustrating you, you're tripping up. Be thankful for the good stuff. It's not that we don't Stop we ignore the other stuff, but be thankful. Abraham Lincoln said this, and this is a, it's, it's simple, but it's a choice. He says, we can complain because rose bushes have thorns, or we can rejoice because thorn bushes have roses. It's just how we look at it. 
right? So let's be a thankful people. Other things in terms of this uh, acting in an opposite spirit is that we absolutely commit to forgive rather than judge. We are actively looking to honor one another rather than slander. We are actively looking to build and encourage one another up rather than tearing one another down. Acting in the opposite spirit from a place of thanksgiving is really, really powerful. So it's the, it's the two hands, right? It's the, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to actively do this. And the more we pursue that path, the, the easier it is to stay away from those other things. But I want to come back to the start. Having looked at all of those things um, and stress, listen, there is, there is an element in all of this which is, is just about discipleship and commitment and choice, right? Yes, it helps to understand you know, why we might get caught up in it and to kind of understand the implications and why it's destructive and all of those things. That's helpful. The why that sits underneath it is absolutely helpful. But um, I think we need to be really careful that our commitment to discipleship isn't with this lens of, well, what's in it for me? Like, it's not that I'm looking to persuade you that actually it's in your best interest not to grumble and not to slander. Because actually at the bottom line is, it's not about that. It's about a biblical command. If you are following Jesus, you just don't do these things. And we can sometimes have a quite a self-centered, entitled focus, even on our discipleship. It's like, actually, we focus on the benefit to me rather than, you know, it might cost me something. It might challenge something. But that's, that's the call. That is the journey of following Jesus. So let's go back right to the beginning in those verse in James. Unbelievably clear. Do not grumble against one another. Do not slander one another. Don't speak against a brother and a sister. Let's look to be a people who are, you know, are radically running away from those and thinking, actually, how can I love? How can I honor? How can I make sure I forgive him? How can I build you up? How can I be thankful for who you are and not get you know, frustrated and freak out over what, what you're not yet? Because we're on this journey and we're on it together and we need each other in it. So I'm gonna take, um, let's just take a moment um, as we close um, and pray for ourselves. Jesus, I want to thank you. Um, thank you that we are a forgiven people and therefore we're able to forgive. Thank you that um, your mercy triumphs over judgment and that we can live in that same way. Thank you, Jesus, that, um, that you see us with eyes of love and grace and mercy. And I pray that you would help us to see one another in that same way. Father, would you forgive us um, where we grumble, where we complain? Forgive us where we speak against one another, where we're tearing down um, this body that you so love, that you paid such a high price for. Father, forgive us where that's where we find ourselves. And I ask that you would help us, Holy Spirit, um, to just walk a different way, to look to encourage and to build up and to see, Jesus, you glorified um, in and through your body, in and through the church. Um, so I ask that you would help us. You'd challenge us, you'd change us, you'd help us to do the work on ourselves. Um, and there would be so much grace in our relationships as we commit to walk in this different way. And we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amazing. Listen, in a few moments, um, the prayer team are going to be available if you want to hop on um, and have someone pray with you, encourage you, listen to the Lord, um, encourage you, build you up. Our team would love to do that. So if you've never done that before, I'd encourage you, jump on. Um, maybe you've got your kids with you, get them to come on as well, get someone to pray with you. Um, they would love to do that. Uh, um, but we are going to close there. and We will see you very soon. Have an amazing week and uh, we will catch up with you soon.